we work out of bangalore uh, we have a large team of around 1500 people today and it's a large team today but uh, almost 4 5 years back we were 100 member team and that's also a pretty sizable team at that point of time and we were basically building our platform more and more people were renting properties to us and bangalore is typically a very startup friendly city and uh, our office was attacked by a bunch of 50 60 brokers and by attack i mean physical attack so suddenly we saw that there's a large procession sort of group of 50 people of who have gathered around our office and before we could understand those basically brokers started fighting abusing slapping our employees and trying to forcefully enter the office uh, no matter how many people say that uh, working from home is a new normal i do not think it is and i think coming to office working in a group knowing people having chit chat cracking jokes becoming a part of the team is a very very important organizational behavior the size of indian market is so large that we are barely at uh, 10 to 12 percentage of market share so the objective is that few years down the line we would like to be a household name uh, just like a flipkart or a paytm or a swiggy is that's amit kumar agarwal ceo and co-founder of no broker amit is a well known figure in the startup ecosystem in india he has done extremely well in making no broker a well recognized brand He is IIT Kanpur and I am Ahmedabad alumni, and he worked with companies like Cognizant, PwC, and ANC Bank before founding No Broker. I'm Mansingarvi, founder of Growth Culture, author of the Growth Company, and the host of Masters of Growth podcast. Welcome to the first episode of this all-new podcast. In this episode, I talk to Amit around a wide range of topics. He shares the backstory of why and how he co-founded No Broker. How did the business look like in its early days, and what's the business scenario now? What are they focusing on as a company? We also talk about COVID nineteen, his response to this crisis, and how has it worked out for No Broker. During the conversation, he shares some really interesting stories and insights from running No Broker business. There is plenty of action ahead, and I'm super excited about this conversation and can't wait. So let's jump right into the conversation. Hi, I'm Mansingh Garpi, and with me I have Amit Kumar Agarwal, CEO and co-founder of No Broker. No Broker is a disruptive force in the real estate industry in India, as it lets users buy, sell, rent property without paying any brokerage amount. No Broker has three million connected customers every month and gets two hundred thousand new listing a month. It saves close to twenty million US dollars of customers. Otherwise, would have been spent in paying brokerage amount. Thanks, Amit, for joining us. Thank you. So, let's start the discussion with understanding the genesis of No Broker. How and when it all started? So, No Broker is based out of the problems. That we faced as founders. So Saurabh, uh, Akhil, and me, we three are the co-founders. And uh, Saurabh has been facing this problem of brokers across cities. He felt that uh, we have to pay a large amount of brokerage for a poor service. And why should we be basically doing it? And uh, same thing is something which me and Akhil also discovered. So in India, there is a very unique situation that. there is no certification there is no exam but uh, still the brokers uh, are able to come do conduct their business and charge a very hefty amount of fees and there is a sort of cartel which has been made by the brokers because of which no one can charge lesser also 
and we felt that why should we be paying one month of brokerage for a very poor customer service when uh, in today's world i can send a friend request to anybody in the world so why shouldn't our tech platform be helping us to do this so it basically the idea basically came from saurabh and from uh, this common problem that we faced as indian right and you made this uh, transition from being an employee to co-founding and building a growing company lot many aspired to do that uh, tell us about this journey so i basically after iit and i am i worked for almost 10 years in pricewaterhouse coopers management consulting and for 2 years in anz bank which is australian new zealand bank so the job was pretty comfortable foreign bank uh, pays well and uh, everything was going fine so but uh, i felt that as years are passing by and I, the age is going up the chances of doing something of own will become more and more difficult because a good salary to some sense also becomes a golden handcuff that you become more and more comfortable you increase your liabilities and then it becomes financially and psychologically more difficult to really leave everything and i felt that unless i take that risk it will be too late uh, so from that perspective it was not a good time to leave the job my wife was also expecting a second kid so it was not a great time to leave the job but then perhaps there is never a great time and uh, what basically i said to myself was that i am going to give it 2 years and assume that and of course no cash in these 2 years and giving cash in business for the next 2 uh, years and when you don't earn anything and deploy funds in business you are overall cash depletes very fast because the effect is a double effect so i said to myself that i am going to give 2 years to this and uh, if basically nothing works out then still i have 2 <laughs> decades of career left and i am going to again start doing job and then again it so that's how psychologically i think tricked oneself in doing it good <laughs> idea thanks for having said sure so uh, no broker is an unconventional business right so you are changing the way customers in india find buy sell and rent property today what was your experience in the initial days into this business uh, so our initial experience was that customers we initially started with rental then customers asked for buy and then commercial so it basically flowed like that based upon customer demand initially we thought uh, because we have been renting houses so rent came as an obvious thing rent is a high volume transaction lower ticket size comparatively but every 11 month every 18 months people change houses and when we started approaching investors and customers customers typically said it's a great idea we were waiting for somebody who will uh, help us give a option instead of going to a broker all the time investors said that seems to be a good idea as indian it seems to be a good idea but why has this not been done anywhere else in us or in china so even today there is no other company in the entire world which is as big as no broker in terms of customer to customer real estate platform so there is no other real estate firm globally which basically disintermediates brokerage and connects customers directly perhaps the reason is the problem is much more pronounced in india because in us there is a exam there is a certification there are rules laws binding a broker and hence you can't be naughty with customers money but in india you can so suddenly all the every vc says that they want to beg for a new idea but the truth is that some bit of success of a similar idea globally gives a huge amount of comfort to a vc so that comfort was not there but so we kept on funding the business for one year doing rentals in bombay and bangalore in two cities and then the customer traction increased and saf partners saw that and uh, and we got the first funding after a year that's great so, so what's the scenario now with respect to consumer preferences how has this uh, changed or evolved over years uh, with regards to no broker business 
So we basically started with rentals, started with two cities. Customers told us that they want to connect directly and don't want to pay brokerage for buy and sell. So we launched buy and sell. Uh, then customers called. Thousands of calls came over a period of a year for saying that commercial properties, which is basically small shops, small offices. For that also, the same residential broker only does a deal. So can you give an option for that? So we launched it. Then people said that there are very few organized branded players uh, for packers and movers, for rental agreement, for painting cleaning. So who will get that job done? Uh, do you guys know somebody? Can you help us? So then we launched those verticals in which we have partners to help us uh, service customers. So today we are a one-stop shop. We do rental, we do buy and sell, we do residential, we do commercial, we do rental agreement, legal documentation, packers and movers, painting cleaning, furniture, home loan, a packer mover insurance, home interiors, a property management service. So now we have a gamut of services which basically covers all real estate parts of the journey to ensure that customer whatever he's looking for, it's a la carte. You can basically choose whatever basically you want. Wow, that's like interesting bouquet of service, right? So everything that a customer needs, right? So you have tapped into it and you're providing all those things. So that is great, right? So, but uh, what would be the top reasons you think why customers are coming to no broker today for buying, selling and renting property? I think the biggest reason is convenience and saving of cost. So if you are, say, in Bangalore and you have come to Bangalore from Bombay and you want to buy a house or rent a house, you have only two options. One option is to go to a broker and pay him a hefty fees and he will show you a handful of properties that he has as an individual versus going to a technology platform which is going to show you properties which people have put in much larger number of properties compared to a typical broker at a cost which is either zero or just a couple of thousand rupees because we have premium plan. And over time, this network effect, which is basically a combination of live owners and tenants, live buyers and sellers, for every locality, for every street at any point of time has become bigger and bigger and bigger. So five years back, if you were a buyer or a tenant looking for a property in Mangla in Bangalore or say Bandra in Bombay, and if you saw 10 options on no broker, today you will see 50 options. So the number of options have increased drastically. The people connecting on both sides have increased drastically because uh, see, you will give the you will give your need to a broker once you physically meet him. But on a technology platform, you might be sitting at home in COVID times or you might not have even shifted to the new city. You might still be in your old city, but you will just go to a technology platform and give your requirement. So the network effect has become bigger and bigger and which basically means in common sense, what it means is that if you go to a broker right now for any need real estate and if you go to no broker, no broker will beat broker hands down in terms of speed, in terms of cost both. So while a typical broker will take 10 days to solve your requirement, we can do it in a couple of hours. And while a broker will charge you 1000 rupees or lakhs of rupees in uh, buy and sell, we will do it either free or in a couple of thousand. Right. So, so what are some of the things about no broker that not many of us are aware that you would like to share uh, with the listeners? I think the thing which many people are not aware about no broker is that we have this gamut of home services which has been used by thousands of our customers in the past couple of years but still as the name says no broker I think we are traditionally known much more about rental and to some extent buy and sell but this entire gamut of services which basically means you don't need to google or ask your neighbor about which painter is good 
or go to the adjoining street and figure out which packer and mover will get this thing done at the best quality and at the optimal price. Uh, or if you need to get a sale documentation done, legal documentation done, what should you do? If you want to get home interior, do you need to go to a large branded expensive player or an unknown player which some uncle of yours has recommended? Or is there an option which is right in the middle? I think these are the services which customers are less aware about. And now we are ensuring that more and more customers do know about it. I think this is one thing which customers know less. Right. Yeah. So, so while there might be many key or defining moments in your business journey, but would you like to share a story or incident that had deep impact on your business? Yeah. So I think one interesting event which basically happened, which I think you might be knowing, but many of the customers or the audience might not know is, and which was pretty unprecedented for us was that we work out of Bangalore. Uh, we have a large team of around 1,500 people today and it's a large team today but uh, almost 4-5 years back we were 100 member team and that's also a pretty sizable team at that point of time and we were basically building our platform more and more people were renting properties to us and Bangalore is typically a very startup friendly city and uh, our office was attacked by a bunch of 50-60 brokers and by attack I mean physical attack so suddenly we saw that there's a large procession sort of group of 50 people of who have gathered around our office and before we could understand those basically brokers started fighting, abusing, slapping our employees and trying to forcefully enter the office. They basically thought that they are going to enter and smash a couple of computers and create ruckus so that we can close uh, the office because we were already making some impact and I think many of the customers had started saying that before talking to you, let me just look at no broker, then I will come, come back to you. So I think so they basically understood that slowly the technology technology firms are going to take away their business. So, so there was this huge ruckus and we basically then called police then basically somehow the crowd got dispersed but the trouble continued and many of those people started chasing female employees at the end of the office hours towards their home many of the bikes which were parked outside the office basically got damaged so then basically what they ensured was that we, they, that we couldn't stay in that office any longer so almost overnight 100 people we had to vacate the office there was nothing that they nowhere that we could go so we were actually on the streets and we told everybody to just go back to their homes and uh, we didn't know how customer calls will be answered. So we, we put a interruption sort of notice on the website. And in the next few days, we found two temporary offices. The team basically got divided into those two offices. While we were searching for a more permanent office, people thought that the company might close down. So those were the pretty, I would say, eventful and trouble some two, three months. And after that, we did get a proper office having shifted towards there now we have much more security we do not reveal the address of our office easily uh, now things are fine uh, but that was some uh, event which was pretty scary 50-60 brokers attacking our office trying to beat our employees but I would say that one learning which comes or one experience which comes out of it now when I look in the hindsight was a lot of customers supported us so when customers came to know about it we got a flurry of messages over social media saying that they are in support with us and uh, any company which provides better service should win. Brokers should not basically act like goons. Our team, instead of getting scared, I think became more stronger and became more cohesive and took it as a mission to uh, really crack it. So, <laughs> so that was a major event in our journey. Wow, that's pretty scary event, right? So somebody who's starting a business and uh, gets uh, gets into this scenario, I'm sure it certainly is, is a very challenging incident. 
and that's great that you know, your team took it positively and emerged stronger out of it, right? So, which is something great. So, I think it's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. And uh, talking about uh, now COVID nineteen pandemic, right? So, so when did you first heard about it, and what were your initial uh, thoughts uh, around the pandemic? Yeah, I think we went through this similar emotional journey earlier. We thought that this is something which is smallish, contained, temporary. Then it basically accelerated a bit more. We thought so. We closed down our offices. We shifted people to their homes, and we figured out a te- technology way so that all of these calls can be handled and people can work from home. And we we still were hoping that it is a one month or two month affair and things will be back to the normal. People kept on asking us, "Okay, when are we going to resume back?" The March became May, and then May became August, and still we are. Waiting as to when is it that we are going to go back to our office so it has been many months everybody is working from home uh, no matter how many people say that uh, working uh, from home is a new normal i do not think it is i think coming to office working in a group knowing people having chit chat cracking jokes becoming a part of the team is a very very important organizational behavior sitting at home and just working for for few thousand of you lakh rupees of salary is not what motivates people the group around you the value that they add to you the value that they that you add to them is something which basically motivates everybody so while our business is pretty good we are July month was a lifetime highest in terms of revenue. Number of customers are also back to the same levels as pre-COVID. So I would say in terms of business, uh, things are fine. We are doing pretty well. But overall, in terms of the hardships that the team is witnessing, I would say that is on the higher side. Work is happening, so there is no technical problem per se. But I think uh, this lockdown or sitting at home has a fatigue, which is coming slowly in teams across companies. And uh, so let's hope that. We that sooner than later we we are back uh, to our natural habitat, as you would say. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so this uh, pandemic is just uh, going on, uh, and uh, and yes, you know, a lot of companies and employees are facing uh, this particular challenge working in remote environment, right? And every company is trying to respond uh, best uh, to this particular scenario. So now, uh, what are some of the uh, measures uh, which you are taking as a CEO to ensure that the company is working well, and then uh, you are taking care of it? So, so are there any key measures uh, which you would like to highlight here? So, a uh, few things which we did was one was that we had raised decent amount of funds in the past one year. So we raised around one thousand crore in the past one year from General Atlantic and Tiger Global. So we are comfortable in terms of our cash position, and hence we thought that we would not be cutting our workforce even if the work is going down. So in the month of April and May, where the where the work was fifty percentage down, still we paid everybody large. 1500 member team but we paid everybody we we ensured that the promotions that we do they continue so even in this pandemic period all the rotating promotion which happen in our team every month those promotions have continued to happen we have not cut uh, any job in fact in the past uh, three months we have hired more than 300 people so one is that by by doing things which basically showcase to everyone that we are aggressive and objective is to gain market share and not be defensive infuses much more confidence among among the teammates so that is one thing which we did the other thing which basically we did was that when people are working from home there has to be a very high level of communication because people start thinking about 
bad things or about suddenly some people will get insecure or they're unsure about future or they're anxious and hence the number of town halls that we are having have multiplied a lot thankfully technology allows us to have town halls which were not possible earlier right face to face so we are able to have hundreds of people in a in a phone call in a google meet in a zoom call so that we are doing we are also basically asking everybody every vertical head in our team to have a separate town hall within their sub teams where people can ask questions where people can submit anonymous questions beforehand ask anything no matter how insulting it sounds and we have to give the answer of each and every question of theirs so that we have been doing and hr has been basically busy ensuring that there are some fun there is some games that happens so that it doesn't become very monotonous so basically trying to do all the things so that we still continue to have this feel of a vibrant company which unfortunately is not able to see each other face to face I think these are great initiatives and I'm sure so this will help you as a company. And uh, now uh, coming to uh, the business growth, right? So obviously pandemic has affected uh, every business today and uh, every CEO is concerned uh, today about business growth, right? So how are you tackling this as a no broker? So see that the reality is that pandemic should be actually good for us the way in which pandemic has been pretty good for educational firms similarly for companies like us which work on technology platforms and which basically says that you don't need to make a physical visit to a broker's office risking covid even more so theoretically if you ask us a discount platform like us should be benefiting from pandemic and that is actually what is happening right now if you recall Uh, companies like airbnb and uber were formed just after the financial crisis because people wanted to save money more and more so in today's time when people's financials are strained some of the people have lost their job some people want to move to a towards a lower rent society on the other hand there are people who are well to do they are living in home for many many months and they want to live in a better home because home has become a larger percentage of their lives are moving to better homes we are seeing a increase in buying of luxurious homes surprisingly because that segment hasn't been financially impacted and the prices are so low right now that they are investing in in top premium properties so overall if you ask us the past april may was bad for us but july and august has been fabulous and generally we think that overall pandemic will end up giving higher market share to tech platforms like us and snatching away market share from physical shops or brokers so uh, uh, in terms of packers and movers and painting and cleaning also the demand is so high that we are not able to service it fully many of the laborers with packers and movers companies have moved to hometowns which have put even higher constraint in terms of supply so the slots which we have at the month end we are now onboarding more and more vendors Uh, to ensure that enough slots are there so see overall i would say that such disruptions have generally been good for tech platforms because they have helped customer to save much more cost so yes uh, things are difficult from in terms of working from home for a large team but from a business perspective i think the team is doing much much better than what we were doing before yeah that's great yeah sure so so thing about pandemic is that it has affected the different business in different way and the traditional businesses are obviously finding it difficult to operate in function normally and uh, and yes so you know, certainly for the technology companies like no broker i'm glad that is working out well 
So how does the road ahead looks like, right? So as a company, what are you doing in the next few years that you like to share? See, the objective is that the way in which I would like to look at it is that if you, right now, if you look out of your window, you see 10 houses. In how many houses has no broker helped close a deal? Perhaps one. So the reality is that while we are a large company, we have cumulative 1 crore customers that we have served in the past uh, half a decade. We add three and a half to 4 lakh new customers per month. So we are growing very aggressively. All that is good. But the fortunately, the size of Indian market is so large that we are barely at uh, 10 to 12 percentage of market share. So the objective is that few years down the line, we would like to be a household name uh, just like a Flipkart or a Paytm or a Swiggy is, which means that people should have default that for their real estate needs, they would go to uh, no broker. And hence, it is important that our customer service, our ability to serve customers remain very, very high so that they take us in a good, they always think about us as someone who will help uh, them in a more convenient and cost-efficient manner. So the objective for the next few years is to add more cities. We are not in big cities like Calcutta, Ahmedabad. We are not there. So the objective is to add more cities, mainly increase our penetration and market share in the metro cities that we are in. Keep on expanding our bouquet of services so that we can serve every household need that you have, right from buying a furniture to doing home interiors. And most importantly, ensure that with a very, very good team and a team which is independently running businesses within no broker, that they are able to keep customer always at all. Because it is the reason why we exist is that many of the brokers did not treat customers like king. Hence, we exist. If we don't, we if you don't treat customers like king, somebody else will replace us. So that should be a constant that we should always keep an eye on and never be complacent about. That's a great insight. Yeah, thanks so much for that. Now, talking about startups, India is now becoming a major hub for starting up. So what's your advice to aspiring entrepreneurs? How they can go about building good businesses? So I would say the advice basically would be that technology is going to transform more and more industries, more and more sectors as years are going to come by. And thankfully, because of other players, like say, for example, Geo, they are going to do a job for you. They are going to make sure that more and more people are internet connected, more and more people have mobile phones in their hands. So there's a good tailwind across the country in terms of internet penetration, in terms of tech adoption, which anyway, big players are doing. Our job is to basically use that tailwind and solve further problems that customers have. So I would say that if you are a person who has already started uh, something of your own, then I would say that be flexible. What I mean by be flexible is that don't be in love with your idea. If you think that customers are not loving it or there's some other insight which customers are giving, be flexible. I think it makes sense to flow with the customer demands rather than be arrogant about the idea that you have personally thought. In case you have not started and you are thinking about starting a startup, I would say, please do it for the right reason. Don't do it because you dislike your job or you dislike your boss. Do it because you are really passionate about doing something of your own because in the next six months and one year, it is going to test you. And startup seems like glamorous idea, but it's a pretty tough idea because after six months, you are without your job, sitting in your home with your legs folded on your bed and looking at your computer with five customers on the website and thinking where am I and had I gone to the job today I would have earned so much money. So it requires some bit of perseverance and some bit of patience. So if you have not started up be sure about the reasons. If you have started up uh, be flexible and do what customers are asking. That would be my advice. 
I think these are uh, great insights and uh, and I'm, I would say it's a very practical advice that you've shared and I'm sure it will help uh, many entrepreneurs who already started this journey or or one of the entrepreneurs. So, so thanks for that. Now, uh, final thoughts or comments uh, you want to leave us with today? So see, I would say that India is genuinely a big land of opportunity. The fact that we have so many problems compared to our developed country is a very good thing for startups, right? Because Compared to a developed country where the life is comfortable, we have many bumps on the road and hence lots of things to solve. So I would basically say that our objective, combined objective, you having this podcast, me discussing is to basically ensure that we keep on progressing more and more with better and better tech-based ideas, which solve Indian problems rather than copying something which has been done outside, solving problems which are relevant to Indian customers in the way which Indians want to consume. We believe that that is the way towards the golden pot. That's great. So thanks, Amit. It was great having you at, at the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. We sincerely hope that you enjoyed it. If you like the conversation, then do subscribe to the podcast if not done already. And also please share it within your network so that it could reach and benefit more listeners. You can also find recordings of Masters of Growth episodes on www.mastersofgrowth.in. Thanks again for listening and I would catch you in the next episode. Till then, take care and stay safe.